0: Benvenuti a Business Talks di IDEA, un podcast pensato per gli sviluppatori italiani di videogiochi. L'appuntamento di oggi è eh? How to Achieve User Acquisition Success with Facebook and Instagram Campaigns. I think that we can now start with the, today's Business Talk. So if someone else is going to join, I think we will be joining in in the next few minutes, but we should be all here for now. So, um, hello everyone. I'm Elisa Di Lorenzo from Untold Games, and I will be your moderator for today's business talk. So thank you to all the ones that have been joining us and that will join us in a bit. And I would like to welcome our guest, Nick who is the advertising director of Black uh, Black Milk Media he will talk to us about the importance of marketing using social media so uh hello nick so thank you for coming over
1: hi hi thank you for thank you for having me
0: it's a pleasure so uh, i would like to remind everyone that this talk is going to be recorded and it will be available on ideas anchor page after the event so uh let's start well uh nick first of all um uh i would like you to to tell us a bit about you, your experience and what you do with uh, uh, Black Media. So I know that you prepared a presentation so uh, that you can share with us and you will go through it. So after that, if you if uh, the people attending have any questions, uh, as usual, please write them in the channel and we'll ask them to make.
1: Yeah, <laughs> thank you. First of all, thank Yeah. Thanks for, for welcoming and welcoming me into here. And uh... And having me on. Um, I'm excited to sort of get started with this. And I mean, yeah, I prepared a, um, a short presentation in terms of you know, user acquisition in terms of Facebook and Instagram, it's less of, uh, I want to get through it so that we can have, you know, a bit of more of an in-depth chat about more specific questions and things. Um, But I thought it was good to get something in the deck that that has like best practices and and stuff that we've worked on um, to give a bit of an idea in terms of um, explaining things. So yeah, I'll get started with this. Um, Hopefully it's, you know, it shouldn't take more than around 20 minutes or so to get through the, the presentation. It's not a a sales presentation of any kind of way. It's more of a using our experience to give you best practice and things like that. So I hope it hope it helps. And um, yeah, we'll I'll look forward to sort of chatting to you in depth afterwards around any any questions and any you know any any questions of everyone um, sort of in this uh, in this talk as well. So introducing me, I mean, I'm yeah, advertising uh, director of, of Black Milk Media. We uh, and and sort of head up everything at Black Milk Gaming. To summarize, I think Black Milk Media is, is more of a so we're an advertising Consultancy. So we 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 have Black Milk Gaming that that focuses on obviously video game advertising, uh, PC and console gaming in particular, because we we saw that um, you know there's there's sort of. There's sometimes a lack of, of resource in-house and um, in terms of tracking technology as well. And so we, we kind of work around that and have largely focused on, on performance marketing. So increasing those wish lists and increasing those game sales and, and in turn the revenue from, from campaigns. So I head up that sort of um, division and um, have worked with a lot of different uh, clients along the way, uh, including sort of PlayStation um, and Gameforge in terms of the larger sort of um you know the larger companies and then working with like coat sync gato studios uh, and then a few smaller indie indie sort of indie uh developers that want to kind of self-publish or, or, or help and need help with their sort of marketing efforts um obviously this is going to be this deck can be sort of sent around and you know if you've got any questions after the call that you think of um this is how you can contact me. Um, I'm always always around and always happy to to answer questions and, and have a chat. Um, I'll skip over this. This is this is more about Black Milk Gaming in terms of how we operate, really. So, we like to we like to you know become basically an extension of your marketing team and and you know help out where we can, it could be from adopts, just simple adopts helps so with setting up campaigns, and it could be from, you know, complete campaign sort of strategy planning and, and execution and things like that. So it's more bespoke. So it's kind of more you know, focused on on having a chat with with you guys and seeing what you'd need help with in the future. Yeah, some some campaigns that we've worked on, just some 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 bit more recently, uh, on the Cake Bash release, uh, the Vermintide 2 release, and so we did kind of the, all the digital planning and, and marketing for that, and then Black Set as well and then um, uh, a larger project was the soul worker for Gameforge which involved a lot of sort of in-game purchases that we needed to to acquire which was which was good fun and uh, a few more as well. The Waylanders was a relatively recent one as well. But yeah, ha- happy to have a chat about these individual ones if you had any 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 questions afterwards as well. Quick, a brief sort of overview. I'll skip through the more of the top, top line stuff so we can have room for questions and obviously like uh, more, more individualized questions. But um, I'll go through a few top line stats in terms of if you haven't run Facebook or Instagram before, I'll, I'll introduce you to it. If you know about Facebook, and instagram advertising so on the paid side will obviously i'll I'll make it kind of brief and um, yeah and then i'll go into more details about targeting about best practices and and wish lists and then conversion campaigns as well so i mean yeah i mean obviously we're aware that facebook and instagram are, are channels that are worth worth being on and then they're obviously um that's where your audience more more likely that more than likely your audience will be so you know, 2.8 billion monthly active users on Facebook, chances are there's going to be people there that are going to buy your game, download your game or, you know, interact with your brand. In terms of, you know, ad revenue last year, $84 billion, uh, this is somewhere where, you know, Companies are advertising. They see it as a good opportunity, and it's obviously people are spending money there for a reason. Something that's interesting is average revenue per user. So seven. Essentially, every user to them is worth around about seven dollars. Which brings up the question: You know, would you pay seven dollars to access Facebook without any ads? Essentially, is what you know what that model would be if they didn't have ads. So it's um, yeah, an interesting uh, interesting um, thought. And then, yes, uh, a, qu- a quick note on 75% of, of those high income earners use Facebook, meaning there's people on Facebook that. On Instagram and Facebook, that want to spend money and uh, they can spend money, then it's a platform obviously that you can utilize that. In terms of Instagram, seventy percent are under thirty-five. Um, obviously, depending on what your target audience is, I can imagine the majority or quite a lot are, are under thirty-five. So it's a good place to access them, giving the you know potential advertising reach, at, you know, one hundred and fifty million people, which is um, you know again, chances are there's going to be people that that, that will buy your, your game or download your game and. Um, you know, accounts for you know 20 billion of uh, advertising spend for, for advertising revenue in uh, last year for um, for Instagram. So it's again somewhere that advertisers are putting in money, and uh, yeah, the slightly higher average revenue per user as well. Um, looking, at, looking at hours watched in terms of um, you know, streaming channels, as expected, you know, Twitch is um, in, in Q3 to, uh, last year. Um, we can see data from that where obviously hours watched on Twitch was about 63%, so it's um, pr- predominantly the focus there. Um, also experienced a 70% increase in, um, in, in year, year-on-year growth. Compared to the same time in last year, so that's um, you know we've seen a massive growth there of where an active gaming community are, and it's ex- you know experienced as well a 96% increase for hours actually streamed um, compared to last year. So so people are actually actively putting up streams as well as um you know as well as as just watching and uh, watching this content as well when i look at facebook gaming in particular there has obviously been a sharp uptake over the you know the, the lockdown period of last year and the the fact that people are sort of uh, staying at home and uh, and having a, a larger access to this thing and more time to access it so they saw obviously so facebook gaming in particular saw a 7.2 percent increase compared to Q2. Uh, so in Q3, they, they obviously saw, saw that 7.2 increase, percent increase, and it's the first time that, that Facebook has surpassed a billion hours watched uh, in its history. So this goes to show, obviously, what Facebook are investing—you know—a lot of money into their Facebook gaming, and they're—you know—they're showing. It's showing in the stats, and the people are obviously consuming more content there. And year over year, uh, Facebook gaming, you know, it experienced a two hundred ninety-seven percent increase um, in terms of hours watched uh, when we compare it to Q three in in two thousand and nineteen, and then and then to twenty. So, it shows the kind of sharp uptake there. I, there's a few stats here that we'll probably can go, you know, you can, you can check out when, when we send it over. Um, but it's just kind of just highlight exactly the, the, you know, the scale of, of, of people using Facebook gaming, um, for example, over 800 million people use facebook gaming every month to play connected games and out of those people 90 million people they're active members of a facebook gaming group which is something that's interesting and something that's that's to be considered in terms of making these communities on facebook um which we'll go into later so yeah there's a few stats there that i'll um I'll skip over just just to focus more time on some 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 more interesting sort of user user things then just a brief introduction into the placements of facebook and instagram advertising so we we see under facebook we kind of see instagram as a placement of facebook and then within you know instagram and facebook and then audience network there are there are placements within that where you can serve your ads so obviously there's the newsfeed where you're scrolling and then you see that sponsored post or that ad and then there's obviously the instagram stories and, and facebook stories and then there's also the audience network which is facebook's kind of network of websites and apps that aren't directly on the facebook platform but they are presented by facebook and they have basically this this list of of apps and websites where you can you can basically Buy inventory on, and you can serve ads there. So you can get exposure outside of Facebook and Instagram as well, which is which is a placement that's that's important to be utilized if that suits your kind of goal. The purpose of these, looking, you know, looking at the depending on your obviously on your on your goals and the whole point of of your campaigns that you run, um, you can go from anywhere from the the higher budget campaigns that are just running brand awareness uh, and reach campaigns, which just Aim to get the, you know, we, we're running a few campaigns at the moment that are just aimed at increasing brand recall. So basically just setting out ads to, to the getting as cheap as CPM as possible, but to the people that are more likely to remember your brand. So then in the future, it kind of builds up that, you know, more purchase intent there. Then looking at, you know, consideration phase, so then you, you can optimize towards that traffic goal, where it's just driving traffic to, to your website or to Steam website. And then obviously, if you want people to watch your trailer, you can you can optimise towards video views, which is um, which is quite useful we've seen in terms of a top funnel approach. Which means that obviously with a, a through view, which is a, a completed view, uh, we can then collect those people that have that have watched the the view the video, and then sort of retarget them when you know when the when the game comes out or when something um, when we when we need to approach them again. And then obviously we've got the you know the conversion campaigns which are designed you know largely for e-commerce in terms of producing those sales on on website um but as i'll go in later there is a way that we can um that we can optimize this towards game sales and um game downloads uh, game launches for example and in-game events which is something that obviously is is focused on what, what we do in terms of that roi and, and increasing that return on investment in um, in ads and so that that's also quite important brief overview of the facebook algorithm considering you know facebook essentially was born sort of 2004 um time um the algorithm was you know technically invented or it was introduced in 2009 uh has seen a lot of different sort of updates since there and it's always evolving uh no doubt this year is gonna gonna provide us with some more updates as well but um we've seen it evolve from kind of a um, timeline as such in terms of seeing things in time order to then prioritizing content in 2016 based on kind of the amount of time that the user spends with it and then it really starts weighting it based on weighting your sort of posts and ads based on sort of reactions and the interactions with that essentially you know the the, the algorithm determines who's going to see what post on facebook and instagram who's going to see what ad and for example if you're running a paid ad it's going to determine as well the quality of your ad and essentially the performance of it. So it's important that we can understand how it works. And, you know, they are obviously in, in 2009, uh, they introduced the the why am I seeing this post tool? Uh, so they kind of Facebook, you know, leaning towards that sort of data privacy with the, um, you know, with the big data breach scandal that happened um, in 2019 as well. Um, they wanted to focus it more on you know finding out exactly why you're being targeted with this post so they've sort of introduced that as well. In terms of what happened what, what was the situation was last year it kind of the algorithm moved on to ranking posts depend on depending on how sort of likely the user is to enjoy that is to enjoy them. Um, they used things called ranking signals. Which was basically like the, the popularity of the post. So if there was a lot of engagement, there was lots of comments, then our algorithm was going to push that higher in the newsfeed. The type of media. So it started pushing, I think, more more video in, in particular up higher on the newsfeed, and then who the user typically interacts with. So if if you know if the user's interacting with with your company, or if it's around interacting with with a friend, that it's going to you know it's going to post. It's going to it's going to post the, the friends uh, content higher up than, than, than a brand's content. So it's it kind of mostly now to do with engagement rates and, and the engagement that's actually on the ads that sort of boosts the algorithm higher. A few few tips to to kind of, you know, try and tackle that algorithm, get your get your post seen by as many people as possible and obviously engage with start conversations. Not focus so much initially on the on the selling on the you know that that aspect starting conversations getting people to talk to each other as I said before the algorithms signal is based on if they've engaged with your page and if they've engaged with the post so try you know try and touch on those emotions Um, be genuine and and curious and ask questions and be one of one of your community essentially which you know I can imagine a, a lot of you are doing already but it's just something that's that's really important to keep that up and just keep that you know, when someone comments on a post or something, for example, make sure you reply to that comment because that's proving engagement there. That's not only actually interacting with with your fans, with your people that potentially download your game, but it's also telling Facebook that there's interaction on this post, there's interaction on this page. It's doing well, so we're going to push those posts higher and, and allow more people to see it. And something else you can do that's a bit more manual, which is to boost your organic posts. Um, so put a bit of money. For example, if you post like once or twice a day on Facebook, put like I don't know five, five euros, ten euros, or something behind a behind a post. Optimize it towards engagement metrics. So as I I, I showed before with the you know the. The awareness and the the conversions. There was a, there was an engagement optimization tactic there that you can choose on Facebook, um, optimized towards engagement. So then it increases that that kind of social proofing, increases the likes and comments, and then you know Facebook can can see that, and it's kind of a way to kind of hack it, hack the algorithm a little bit in terms of kind of forcing through engagement there for a little bit, you know, five, you know, not more than five or 10 euros, for example, on each post. And then it kind of helps you organically as well because it pushes you up in the algorithm. And obviously you can use these posts and the audiences that are engaged. So you can create your audiences from, you know, engaged users and then retarget them and collect them in an audience to use later which I'll go into again when I go through the audiences. You can check your estimated action rate on Facebook as well. This is just to, to see how you're sort of going and if you're running ads. This is, uh, you know, this is obviously something you could, it, Facebook tells you, it gives you a score. So average or above average or something or out of 10, but then it doesn't exactly tell you what's what's wrong. If it's low, it doesn't tell you exactly what's wrong. It kind of points you in the direction, but um, it's kind of down to you to, to know exactly what, what the audience are engaging with essentially. And then, not lastly focusing on on user value so a lot of people kind of skip past this and don't realize but actually what happens on your landing page whatever you're you're driving to if you've got you know a customized landing page or understandably if you're if you're running traffic to steam or or, or a, you know nintendo store or something you there's not a lot you can do but you need to be able to match your ad as closely as possible to to your landing page because facebook actually facebook you know, it it scans your landing page to make sure that it matches your ad. So it's something that they actually take into account as well. So obviously meaning same colors and branding, ad copy language and things so that that it kind of matches up. And so that it's kind of a user experience that the website can be a kind of extension from that ad, essentially. Um, And that's obviously for Facebook to avoid. You know false claims and things from ads and then to website as well so it's to keep the user uh, top of mind briefly uh, in terms of the ios changes um obviously if there's any questions afterwards i can go to a bit more detail uh, or you know message me privately on um if you need if you have any questions as well i'm always i'm always around but there obviously i have to mention there's there's been a change in the ios update from apple where you can now kind of basically opt out to Facebook tracking, uh, which is led to Facebook may- making a, lo- a load of a load of having to make a load of updates, basically in terms of tracking and and the Facebook pixel and um, a few account limits. So there are account limits on the accounts in terms of if you're running big budget campaigns, obviously. This this will affect you massively, you know, a thousand for a million, a million uh, ad spend a month gives you a, a thousand ads, um, which sounds a lot. But actually, with your testing and everything, it, it kind of it, 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 it sort of forces you to, to keep it keep the um, ads uh, amount of ads down a bit. So it's something to keep in mind. But in terms of if you're running just the occasional smaller campaign, it's not too much that that's a problem, really the the attribution window as well briefly to, to go into the attribution window and what that is if you know you're you're relatively new to to paid advertising or paid digital um on facebook uh, attribution window is essentially the the time it takes for a user to sort of complete that action or complete that that, that conversion or the sale for example a 28-day click-through attribution is on on the first day if if a user gets gets shown the ad and then they click through on that ad and then they go to the website but they sort of and then they get distracted or something or they have a time to think about it then they sort of leave that website do their thing for for 28 days essentially then they they come back within that 28 days and then for example, they convert and they make the sale on the on the 28th day, then that would be that would fall into that 28 day attribution window. So then it will attribute that sale still back to that ad that they they clicked on 28 days before, which is something that Facebook had before. But that will now go away due to these changes. And but so it will now be focused on a seven day view and a seven day click as well as a one day click and a one day view, uh, which means if it's a one day click or view, it means you know the, the the user has you know basically clicked directly from your ad or seen your ad and then made that purchase and made that that action straight away essentially in, the, in that one day, which is obviously the best you know the, the highest ranking sort of attribution because you know you can you can you can gain that sale straight from that ad. It means your ad's working you know perfectly. it's directing people straight to that sale. And in future for the one day click in particular, this is now gonna be a prediction in terms of the events and the, 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 um, the so for example, a purchase event. This is um, now gonna be a prediction based on machine learning so that it can include people that have opted out of tracking. So I mentioned the iOS change, it allows people on their phones to, to, to basically opt out of tracking. So we're basically going to lose a lot of data there of people that have opted out of tracking. So Facebook's essentially now going to kind of guess um, uh, based on, you know, educated guess based on machine learning to include those people that have opted out as well. Then as well, there's going to be obviously delays. And as I mentioned, the projections and reporting conversions could be reported, you know, three days after they actually happen and then, you know, severe limits on events so basically which leads us on to that to that last point there which is you can only optimize for, for eight conversion events so for example if you have um, if you have happen to have you know a checkout you know a game purchase on your own website rather than on steam then you can you can optimize towards you know add to basket initiate checkout um, you know then the the ad payment info right through to the purchase event so you can only essentially have eight conversion events based there and that's can be quite a can be quite a difference when you're optimizing towards different you have different custom conversions for example so this is quite a big a big change and these events have to be ranked so obviously you're going to have your purchase event ranked right at the top because that's the that's the um, you know primary goal at the end of the day so if I go now into into targeting I have a brief I have a sort of explanation of like this but I'm aware that this is probably we're reaching half past now so I want to have time for questions so what I think I'll do is I'll I'll probably just go through this quite quickly and then you can obviously have this to look after uh, look, look uh, into afterwards and so that I've just listed out kind of basically different targeting options that that are available um, obviously custom audiences as as well based on customer lists and website visits and stuff like that and even like engagements on posts and videos like i mentioned before people who have viewed your video you can retarget as well so you can create those as custom audiences and like i mentioned you can you can retarget these people for example people who have engaged with your facebook posts or ads you can then retarget those you know, later on when they enter, enter Facebook again, then you can kind of complete that sale afterwards. You can create look-alike audiences on this, which is quite important for um, uh, wishlist campaigns that I'll go into as well separately. You can, you know, you can use that custom audience to uh, create those look-alike audience. For example, if you've got X, you know, say for example, 10,000 people in the last three months that have Commented, liked, or, or engaged with your um engaged with your uh, website or, or or you know Instagram or Facebook page. You can obviously read. You can then set a, a lookalike audience based on on those people, which basically means it identifies that the the common qualities between people in your who have interacted with your brand matches that over to the around about that Facebook sort of um, audience so the whole po- population on Facebook, it matches that and picks out the people that are looking like more the people that you have engaged with your brand. So it gets that warmer audience, essentially, and it gets the people that are more likely to to, to, to make a purchase. And then it's important to look at those, the, the audience overlaps as well. But um, again, I'll, I'll skip over this quickly because I know we're sort of uh, pushed for time. In terms of best practices, once you are, you know, running campaigns, if you're already running campaigns, you know, we, we recommend uh, having, a, you know, a campaign per objective, so, um, or offer, so if you've got a game then you have a, a purchase optimized campaign there, or, you know, an engagement campaign ad sets with different targeting c- c- categories uh, so for example i'll go into detail as well in a, in a minute with different different interests or or look-alike audiences there and then four to five different visuals in, um, in each ad set you know basically the same ad, the same ads just pasted into the different ad sets to then to then sort of get a gauge of, of what's performing best or you know specialized ads towards those different audiences if you have you know the resource and time to do that naming conventions you can obviously look at this um, you know after after I send it out it's um, it gives a little bit of an indication in terms of how important it is to have naming conventions so you can you know download data and see exactly how things are performing. And then sort of categorize it in terms of budget allocation if you're running paid campaigns then obviously we at the beginning um it's important to to, to give that sort of 70 70 30 approach so 70 percent into the awareness phase which is kind of still pushing towards could still be pushing towards purchases but reaching those new audiences and generating interest and then 30% in terms of retargeting and building that loyalty and approaching customers basically that have already interacted with your with your brand or your game or you know yeah, your your website. Um so quickly into the wishlist campaigns what we obviously if you're running a steam we've got a, we have a lot of clients running you know selling on steam or, or any other site that, that third party site. So they often come to us saying that they want to increase their wishlist which is you know, obviously, very important. It, it builds up an audience. It, it pushes your sort of, you know, your standings on Steam higher in terms of on the preview page and everything like that. So this is something that we that we run a lot of campaigns with. Um, something obviously that we can't track directly because of a third party site. But we what we do is we we add um, essentially third party tracking, like referral link tracking, which is using using um, using a third party link track. Uh, tracking links to put onto the Steam website, uh, which then essentially places our pixel onto that Steam landing page, um, and then allows us to capture the people that landed on that page. So it kind of gives us that next level of engagement from Facebook, allows us to capture the people that have landed on on that specific Steam page, which is a third party page, and then use that user pool to create those lookalike audiences and to retarget as well. So it gives us that extra sort of, um, you know, extra layer of, of um, a warm audience. For example, now, if I go into an example sort of set up for this, you know, the Project Cars 3, for example, you'd sort of look at keeping audiences between 500,000 and 5 million. This is something that I've spoken to Facebook about and they, they highly recommend. Also, something they say is to include an open audience. Uh, so actually leave the targeting completely free to test this because Facebook's algorithm kind of uses image, um, you know, image detection to be able to, to optimize the ads itself. So it's something to test. And we've actually seen some of this, some of these open audiences do do better than, than an interest audience. So it's kind of interesting to see. And then, yeah, so set up these, these, these ad sets and then put the different sort of uh, uh, test a couple of banners, a video or a carousel ad within these ad sets and, um, See, basically see what performs and um, turn off and introduce new interest audiences as they come. So then when we're looking at conversion campaigns, um, this is obviously something that we're quite specialist in um, and we're aware that, you know, a lot of you would be selling on Steam, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, for example, and the tracking there is just you can't attribute a Facebook ad to, to the download there or to the purchase, which is a massive blockage in, you know, performance, you can't scale up because you don't know what what's performing. Um, and what we've done with our, our technology partner essentially is use API integra- in- integration and basically set up events within the game, so within the game server, and um, to be able to, to track game launches and in-game purchases, for example, which then whilst we use URL tracking, so again, with custom URLs, we can input them into the ads that we're running with different, you know, different naming conventions. Oh, sorry, uh, different naming conventions, and then essentially that when someone clicks through the ad, and then goes to open the game or goes to do anything within the game, that tracks the fingerprint of the click to the user, so it's cross cross uh, cross device as well. So it tracks that back to the to the user. And then sends postbacks back to Facebook, for example. So we can exactly tell which ad, which campaign, which audience is, has um, has has made that purchase. And then that also means that we can optimise towards you know higher return on investment in in these audiences. And then we can use Facebook's algorithm to to optimise towards purchases. Uh, so now we can see that obviously we've got you know we can't track. On on Steam, for example, we can't track the actual transaction that's being that's that's taken place. But we can we can track the game the game and launch. So then we're attributing the game launch back to the Facebook ad, which means we know that if it's a paid game, obviously we know that that, that user's paid for it because they've opened the game and they have you know they have the game. Or obviously if, if you've got a free-to-play game and you you encourage in app in-game purchases we can capture events within that that game and attribute it back to Facebook so then we can see what's what's performing well and then obviously optimize and scale up budget whilst your game scales up because that's obviously the end the end goal. And again, just a quick overview of, of how that campaign might look. Again, similar in terms of in terms of um, structure, but we'd sort of look at, yeah, again, that that five hundred thousand to to five million size audience to give Facebook a, enough learnings, and then um, yeah, looking at excluding the steam page view or the customers there, so we can target that prospecting audience as well, and then the lookalike stack, which sort of prevents from from the overlapping as well, and then also introducing retargeting here so we can retarget those steam page views that we generated for for the wishlist campaign and so we can sort of reactivate those people as well rather than just relying on them to you know converting into into purchases from from the from the wishlist and then obviously the engagement, so the video engages, we can retarget them, tell them that the game is out and try and get them to, um, you know, to buy it. i reporting um, quickly as well, because I'm realizing we're still a bit tight for time. We can break break down the reporting. Uh, so once you've got those purchases and actions through the Facebook pixel from your campaigns, for example, we can break down by age and gender, or platform, or anything like that. Even time day of the week, we can see exactly where those results are coming from. So, for example, in this in this screenshot, we can see exactly what device and what platform are driving this. For example, here landing page views, but you know, depending on what you're optimizing towards, and then you can you know exclude or, or focus on on these on these aspects to in- improve performance. Whilst you know as well using automatic rules so. Upping spend, increasing daily budgets by a percentage based on what, for example, what day of the week's performing best. If you see that cost per purchase is lower on, you know, a Sunday, you can increase that on Sundays or in-game purchases. If people are going crazy on a Sunday or a Saturday in in-game purchases, just increase that budget. You can you can set it to increase it a, a percentage on those days as well. So it's really it's a really useful tool to automate that you know performance there i mentioned as well campaign budget optimization this is something that came in sort of last year i think in term, from facebook or the year before i think and um yeah it's something that basically means that you set up your your campaigns in a way that is a is from a, a budget level a campaign meaning facebook will then sort of divvy out budget depending on the performance that it sees so it's less manual and it allows facebook to optimize you know, real time the budget based on based on how they see that how it sees the performance going. Uh, so I do recommend this something to test as well, and then bid caps as well, something to to look at. Um, if you know what you're what you're wanting to bid for a conversion or a lead or anything like that, then you can obviously put it in there and and try and get Facebook to get that. And then skip over because this is probably the more important part in terms of actually realizing what a purchase is worth to you and how much you're willing to pay for a purchase. Uh, This is probably the way that we would go around because we get a lot of people coming to us saying What 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 CPA can you get? Essentially, what 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 can you get us? But actually it's we need to work the other way around in terms of knowing what what a lifetime value is for your user So how much are you getting from that the user and then obviously taking away all the overheads from that? So the steam fee or any other fees or overheads from that and then we can work from there saying okay I've got a 15 euro 15 euro max so to break even, I need to get 15 euros, uh, I need to spend 15 euros on. So then it's about us optimizing towards that 15 euros and bringing, you know, starting off, for example, if we start off with a, a th- if we're starting off with a 30 euro CPA, it's about optimizing on all those different aspects in terms of placements and ads and things and then bringing it down to get underneath that 15 euro and then eventually getting scales to be able to scale up. As, uh, additionally, something that that we do for for a few clients as well is, you know, looking at that still the same equation in terms of lifetime value over a, a year or however many sort of months you want to sort of look at this, and then looking at the uh, taking away the overheads as well, but then looking at if you're running an email campaign, what's your email to purchase conversion rate? If you're if you've got a lot of, you know, emails from signups or from things like that, and and you you email them out. I don't know, once a week or something depending on on your strategy. How many of those emails turn into purchases or how many of those new leads turn into purchases? If that, you know, if that's 10% for example, you need one, you know, you need one you need 10 emails for for one purchase. So you need 10 emails for one 29.99 euros. Which means you can run a, a lead generation campaign on Facebook potentially optimizing towards a 1.49 euro max cost per lead so you can approach it from a lead perspective in terms of gaining those emails whilst doing an email strategy sending out directly to emails because we've seen that emails conversion rate is you know we is is is, is can be very you know very advanced and very good so we can approach them collect their details on facebook give them content they engage with and then get back to them with with an email campaign and then roughly that's how you can sort of work out how much you want to spend on facebook and how you know what your targets are and this is obviously there's something that's very bespoke to the to to you guys so it's something that's you know a conversation and it's obviously important to to test that, that that strategy i'll leave i think i'll leave i'm aware it's 15 minutes left so the creative best practices Um, I'll leave there I can send out as well Um, because I just wanted to say as well that we obviously with 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 um, with idea running um, you know we can give we we kind of wanted to give free ad audits just just to give a little bit of our insight and our experience if you know if you're running ads already we can obviously give you know if you give sort of just like view access for example if you're looking at ads and we can have a look and look at the you know the account the ad set ad and then the destination audits and stuff and we can give that for free just to see if there's anything that you wanted to work on or you know you needed external help on we can obviously provide that um obviously like you know we we, we kind of enjoy looking at these these campaigns to see what what people are doing and how we can help you know how we can we can give that sort of recommendations there so if you know if you wanted to if you wanted to ha- have us look at your adult ads the campaigns you're running for f- obviously for free and we're at the other end of a phone call for example um you know i've uh, i've put my details there so we can use our you know past experience to, to help you guys because we've um because you know I, I really appreciate you know you giving me the op- opportunity to, to to speak to you guys today um so that's something we're we're very uh, fortunate uh you know we'll be glad to offer so yeah thank you i appreciate you sort of sitting i know i was a bit rushed but i wanted to leave a, uh some some time at the end for 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 our conversation and to answer some questions so um yeah i appreciate you uh sticking sticking with it and uh yeah um i look forward to sort of chatting as well if, uh, if you wanted to chat one-on-one uh just get in contact
0: well, thank you so much for the presentation. So it's a bit different from the normal uh, setup we have, but you've covered a lot of the, the questions we had already prepared for you. So thank you so much for so much information. Um, we have only two questions actually at the moment from the, the audience in the text uh, channel. What i believe the first one is basically already answered by your presentation because it was how do you calculate ROAS in environments where you have no connection between your AD and the store, like on consoles. Uh,
1: yeah, so that's that's yeah, that's exactly the 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 issue that there is in the in the, you know in the industry is is that. So yeah, I think in terms of the the te- the, the, the tracking technology that we have, I can send um, Antonio or anyone you know anyone that, that that that's interested in that as well. I can send. Uh, I can speak to you sort of you know um separately as well about that and how essentially we are we are tracking the um the sales and you, so for example the game sales or the in-game sales in uh, in those games as well from that and then it sends that post back to facebook to then see obviously we can assign a, an amount to that for example if your game's you know 15 or 20 euros um but yeah uh sorry i'm just you know
0: <laughs> I said, after the introduction of the new iOS privacy, would it still be possible to carry out retargeting campaigns on Facebook? Also for people who will not give consent to be tracked?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And obviously, it's, it's something that's in, you know, it's infancy at the moment. Um, but we will be able to, the, retargeting is still, will still be a thing and we will be able to retarget on Facebook. Um, but the retargeting pool, the audience pool will get much smaller. Um, so, you know, essentially your custom audiences are going to get smaller. Um, that's, that's kind of a fact and that's, that's a massive, you know, it's a massive thing. And it's, you know, why Facebook is so, so annoyed essentially at Apple, because you know, that retargeting, it gets a bit less, I mean, it doesn't get less valuable, but it gets less, you get less, um, control and it's going to be um it's going to be different but it means you're going to have to probably rely a bit more on you know the interest audiences and, and the, the facebook kind of machine learning to be able to get those um get that performance um but yeah essentially you know you will still be able to capture the you know um, events from from people that have um uh have opted still into tracking because i think there will be people that will um still allow tracking to happen uh, eventually um so yeah it'll still be an option
0: so there's another question from domiziana uh, and she asks usually at what point of development it makes more sense to start working with ads campaign in your opinion
1: um i think it depends what your goal is for that ad campaign i think um if you're looking you know if you're looking for you know advice or, or how what you want basically from from your game or, or you know what what user feedback or anything like that then it kind of depends on on the on the goal of it you can always you can always even like before you know before anything started or whatever like for example we did a crowdfunding campaign so we, we you know we did ad campaigns to, to get that crowdfunding and to to you know entice conversation about what they want from the game and things like that um so it kind of depends on the goal but if it's if it's more sales focused then i'd say run the ad campaign you know whilst you have you know content essentially for that for the for the the game to get people excited um and i mean you know generate that conversation generate the community there if you've got stuff that you can you can you know give out as a, as a good quality content essentially and then um you can always keep a steady stream of content going but i wouldn't do it you know depends on kind of what what way what what sort of what you want to gain from that ad campaign essentially
0: i guess that for um for some developers sometimes the question is also uh, when uh, i'm doing something too soon
1: yeah um reasonable question and yeah I, it's always it's it's a difficult one because um, I, think I guess kind of only you guys would know when, you know, your timelines and stuff like that. But I think if your game is something that, that, that needs a community and that builds a community up, then I think there's, you know, there's there's no time like the present to at least start getting content out there. And even with an ad campaign, for example, like I mentioned in terms of promoting posts, that are like five or 10 euros or something every week, for example, once a week. Then you can you're at least building up engagement and you're building up like for example, if you know if you're not if you're not getting thousands and thousands of followers, it's not an issue because you're still you're still driving engagement and you're still letting Facebook know. Okay, if people are interested in this in this Facebook page in this game. For example, then you know you're still collecting data. Um, so I mean, I wouldn't leave it like a you know a year or something. But you know, I mean, yeah, it, it depends on on the type of game and if you need an engaged community. And if you can have content out there.
0: Thank you. Um, I guess another question could be, and this is one of the ones that we had prepare, prepare before. It was, how do you, um, how do you think uh, a developer could, you know, find the right channel for uh, the campaign for their their game? Because um, I don't think that. One channel feeds everything, right? So, do you have any suggestions on how to find the best um, uh, social media channel, basically, to to run your campaigns, depending on the type of game, audiences, and so on?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good question. I think, like, again, it's very dependent on the the, the game and the audience. You should always basically follow wherever your audience are. So, you know, it's it's difficult to answer generally because each game obviously has its has its target audience and stuff so i'm happy to answer that when you know if 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 anyone wants to wants to message me and ask exactly like you know in more detail what kind of audience they they need to reach then i can obviously give my my opinion but it's all about just finding where your audience are and i'd say as well you always you always would like more than one touch point so and match that up for example if you're running you know, campaigns on, um, on Facebook, then you could possibly follow that up with retargeting campaigns on, on Google display network. So people that have, you know, engaged in your website or your landing page, then retarget them with a banner on, on display network on Google. Um, and so it's, it's good. It's important to cross, you know, cross pollinate audiences, but again, like, you know, message me if you, if if you want more detail, but it's more depending on the game that you are, you know that you're running for example like you know reddit we did recently um spoke recently to a um a a client of ours that has like a stock a stock exchange um game called the invisible hand and um you know, obviously, with what happened with Wall Street bets recently, it you know it made sense that that Reddit was a great place that we could target with the you know the demo of that game because it's where the audience were at that time. So yeah, it just kind of depends on on the game and, and where your audience are.
0: Thank you. Um, so another question is: um, so you have worked with both smaller studios and bigger companies and brands. Um, what are the differences, in your opinion, the communication plans of these different type of companies? Obviously, I mean, there's a big difference, which is the budget. But um, apart from budget, <laughs> uh, what are the different approaches and uh, anything that you could give us some insights, also on best practices for smaller studios and so on?
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of the goals and everything, there's not too much of a big like a, a big difference in terms of, yeah, obviously, there's the budget that's different, which allows you to, to run on, on more channels um, because you don't want to spread the budget too thinly across different channels. So if you've got more budget, you can obviously allocate more channels and more, you know, then make the most out of that. Um, and if you're obviously, we work with a lot of smaller sort of um, indie, indie studios where it's more, you kind of tend to rely more on the community and more kind of the engagement there um, and and kind of, you know, essentially the strategy itself, there's always this, they always want the same out, you know, goal. It's just starting from a smaller sort of, starting from the smaller amount of money. So it's, it's really just focusing on that one channel rather than spreading it across the different channels, which is doable and which is what, you know, we've done. Um, but um yeah i mean i'd recommend obviously not to spend the we don't spread the budget too thinly across you know starting small isn't so so bad but you just can't sort of spread too thinly across different channels and different campaigns and different ad sets just focus on one one maybe one sort of set of audiences and then sort of build from there um that's what i sort of recommend i mean with smaller you know with this with the indie sort of studios it's it, again it depends individually on the on on the game and things like that what you can do that's kind of a bit you know a bit ad hoc and a bit kind of you know startupy in terms of you know creating content like relying more on interesting content to get spread rather than relying on your big studio name and putting your name there with an ad saying buy this now rather than that just doing you know focusing on useful content for example like, uh, it depends on the game, but like for example, with Cake Bash that, that that we that we ran there was like a you know focused on you know around about the uh, Bake Off uh, Great British Bake Off that was around about that time. So it was creating content that wasn't specifically to sell; but it was just to generate that conversation. Um.
0: So another question is actually um, uh, speaking of going to different channels and having different campaigns targeting different channel channels. Oh, what are, in your opinion, the most important differences between running a campaign on Facebook and, say, on Instagram? Something things that we need to keep in mind?
1: Yeah, that's a, so it's an interesting one because technically from, from running a campaign's perspective, you kind of treat Instagram as a placement of Facebook. Um, essentially running on Facebook and Instagram giving sort of Facebook's kind of algorithm the best opportunity to then optimize towards the best placement. Um, Because basically Facebook business manager is, you know, home to the Instagram platform as well. So it's kind of, from a paid perspective, we we kind of focus on both channels. Um, Obviously with, with Instagram, it's a mobile only sort of, you know, network. So we tend to see that people, you know, are less, Driven to add to wish list or so on on those mobile mobile platforms. Uh, that's just what we've seen at the moment. Um, but it's I think it's good to have more than watch touch point as well. Like I said, like to have Instagram you know content out there promoting out, but then also using Facebook to either retarget or to can then convert people maybe on on desktop or something when they're there. Um, so it's good to plan out your kind of customers you know, journey in terms of their browsing on Instagram, they see a nice bit of content, engage with it, then you then you reach out to them on, on Facebook so on desktop and um, you know, push people more towards that add to wish list or, or purchase.
0: Oh thank you, thank you so much. So there's uh, another question from Alessandra and then I think that we'll probably close if there's no additional questions, which is what do you think about TikTok as an A D channel? Do you find it different from Instagram from an audience perspective? Is it worth it, and what do
1: you think? Um, Yeah, it's it's a first of all, it's like it's a it's a really good channel. Obviously, it's full screen, sort of immersive. It's it's very you know, obviously like Instagram stories. Um, From an audience perspective, it's. Yeah, it's obviously a, a younger demographic. Um but you know, you are going to find people there that, that are older, but it is a younger demographic. And I think people on I think Instagram is more more focused in terms of its setup to to um to per, like to e-commerce and to, to that sort of thing. But then yeah, it, TikTok's Good as it's good as an ad channel. Um, obviously, for for app installs, it's it's great because it's a mobile it's a mobile platform. You can sort of go straight into an app install and, or an app game or whatever. So it's yeah, it's good. It's um, it's yeah. It kind of de- again, it depends on the on on the game that you're or what the product that you're promoting. But um, yeah, it's just a much younger demographic essentially, and it's um, you know, there's a lot of gaming content on on there as well on TikTok. So. yeah i would depending on the game it would be an interesting channel to to um to at least drive awareness yeah
0: we actually have another question from nicola Um, we'll see some more minutes um so what about twitter for some reason it's very popular among indies especially solo developers so
1: yeah i I see that as well like um we, we come you know we 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 speak to a lot of, of, of sort of indie studios as well, and Twitter. It seems to be, yeah, it's it's a popular platform for that. Um, in terms of like paid paid activity, we have run a few campaigns um, for for example, like Game Forge, which is a lot of uh, you know a larger a larger um, a larger company. But we just see we just see it as more. It's good. It was good for for awareness. So it's good for driving that. You know you can reach conversations so you can target based on keywords and you can be in someone's conversation um, so it's good for that and it requires you know a lot of, up- of upkeep and a lot of you know attention but I just think there's you know that I just think for performance wise we just didn't see the, we didn't see the it worthwhile to spend a lot more money there on Twitter um, so yeah I think it's it's one of those that's it's popular for for, for gaming conversations and things like that, so it's good to be there, but investing money into it for, from our perspective, we haven't seen the, a good you know return on investment there compared to you know something like Facebook or, or ad networks, for example. but again, it's good to it's good to have multi-channel approach. so it's got some good targeting options I'd say. But yeah, if you want to obviously, Nicola, thanks for the, thanks the, for the for the question. If you want to you know to know more, I can you know chat to you uh, separately on a, on a on the yeah. Discord or whatever. And uh, as I mentioned, I'm I'm always here. If you think of any more questions,
0: um, I do have another one actually. If uh, mm-hmm. I mean, hoping that people don't want to run away right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry so- for going over
1: a bit. Um, it's yeah. There's a well, lot to talk about <laughs>
0: um, well I mean you, you gave us a lot of information so it's been definitely useful I think also for people that don't know much about how these um, campaigns work so a lot of useful information and insights and, and things to, to start from so that we can in case you know uh, delve into later and and try to understand better how how this can help our our games so um, but in, in terms of the communication campaigns, on different channels, um, you see any heavy difference between the the campaigns for games for different platforms, so mobile games, PC games, console games, or I mean, are, do you think you're you, they're basically the same sort of campaigns, or just a difference in the way the campaigns should be um, planned?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's the obvious kind of limitations for PC and console in terms of that tracking and attribution uh, that we spoke about. So there is, we do need to keep that in mind when we're planning the campaign. Uh, for example, for, for mobile games, you know, like like I mentioned with TikTok and, you know, Snapchat, but you you know, and, um, you know, Instagram and, and even Apple search and search campaigns, like they're directly linked to, to the app store and stuff like that. So you can sort of, you, there's the, the user journey is a lot shorter so you just click one one click and you're basically in ready to install and then you can you can kind of push that for download so there's essentially more automation with with mobile games which means it's you know essentially a bit easier in terms of the planning of the campaign because you are limited to you know the those mobile um, platforms um and you know that's a whole that's a whole other sort of conversation in terms of the mobile gaming um you know optimization and that 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 kind of thing and then when you get to the pc or console games i kind of group them a little bit together in terms of we see you know like i said with pc games you want to they're more community kind of driven we want to see you kind of driven more on that community focus so it's you know things like facebook like facebook groups and things like that and and things like you know reddit as well um and as well that's like why Twitter, a lot of people use Twitter because it's a kind of a community-focused channel there. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a good approach to that. And, you know, people are keen, for PC especially, people are keen to hit, hear a bit more technical details about the game. So, you know, see how it's built, see so see this kind of behind the scenes and things like that is what we've experienced. Um, whereas, you know, mobile games... It's the the the, it, the the waters a bit muddy there because you get a bit more casual gamers, so it's it's more of a, a kind of reaching the mass and and optimised from there. But where with PC and console, it's kind of especially PC, you're kind of more. Um, it requires a bit more audience gathering and optimizations with you know listing interest audience crossed with behaviours. For example, people that are interested in um, in action games, but also interested in in You know pc gamer for example so they're more likely to be a pc game so there's different approaches to the audiences i'd say is is the more and the channels definitely
0: hey so thank you so much i mean it's um it's been super interesting so you've given us a lot of information um i really appreciate it and i guess that everyone in the audience does as well so if there's no other questions, I think we can close it. So guys, if you have anything to ask, please do. So this is the last moment to do it, but otherwise.
1: <laughs> I don't, yeah, of course, Like, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. I and mean, I appreciate everyone, um, everyone listening in and, and, and sticking with us, um, I think it just felt like it, i was talking for a long time because the sun has just set here uh, where i am in uh, near london so it, it got <laughs> dark while i was talking <laughs> but um as well like if you've got any questions that that i can answer probably that are more suited to your your products your you know your game or whatever you your, um if it's free to play if it's an app or it's it's pc game or console game then reach out to me because I, I can answer in a lot more detail if i know exactly what your audience is and what you know a bit more detail about but um, so, I'm always here to talk to you, you've got my details and everything, or even, you know, I'll, I can stick around, you know, wherever and, um, yeah, answer questions, so I'm, I'm always happy to help. So, thank you.
0: Thank you so much. So, I think that Giorgio will uh, share your presentation with everyone that uh, mm-hmm. came over today, so um, so in case anyone has any further question, they can, in case. Reach out to you, and also remember, guys, that this has been recorded, so it will be up on Anchor after after the event. So, well, uh, thank you so much, uh, um, Nick, to, to to I mean to to have been here and uh, for your wonderful presentation and all this information and answering our questions, and also thank you to everyone who attended today. So I think that we can go home. I mean, we are probably all home already. <laughs> but so uh, uh, it's done then so if there's no more questions i think that this business talk is over so thank you so much everyone
1: thank you thanks a lot